This is the Chris Cast. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 138 of the Chris Cast. I am Cody Severs, and with me, as always, Jacqueline mm-hmm. Irvin. We actually have hockey shit to talk to you about. Hell yeah! Canucks camp open this week, starting their season camp. Preseason is like four days away, which is shocking. Nuts. I don't know about you, man, but like, I don't know how like excited necessarily you were for hockey season. I mean, we, we, we get into, obviously we have like jobs that, uh, like tie in with it. It's important for livelihood and also just getting to cover the reasons stuff. to live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But as soon as the video started coming in and like the pictures from camp, the media day, everything else. Oh, I got hyped like i got hyped i was I ready FOMO, to go. man yeah i was so this week for my work um this week and next week and then the week prior to this week we are like basically down a bunch of bodies so i could not get any time off to do any kind of like like if i wanted to go and ask questions or do interviews i couldn't do it because i couldn't get the time off literally just work like bad timing total bad timing it was quite awful timing um but fortunately we have people like uh chris faber david quadrelli rob williams daily hive past the bullis daniel wagner all these guys great flow according to travis green which is awesome that's like the best part of camp is uh travis green like breaking character and just like smiling at wags like hair that's yeah. that's great i will say i will say if there's one person who i think is re- who like in like through the pandemic has really like upped his 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 stock not just among like um like the media but also just like a general popularity amongst the fan base yeah travis green has done a really good job i think and- he yeah he endeared himself pretty heavily because he did like the obviously he did the van cast with Drancer. he did the rain dreg podcast too where he was pretty like open about like his bout with covid and i mean that's good yeah and he's and you know what like it's not i i don't feel like it's clearly not one of those cases where this is a guy who feels he needs to go out and put himself in front of the media Mm -hmm. and like and do these things it seemed more like he's just a nice guy that like is like obviously there is part of like there is an obvious like you know you have to do some of these things for for like you know for the team and whatnot but it does seem more or less like just some just from some of the ways that I've seen him like ha- like handle talking to uh, media, including talking to me, frankly. Like when I oh, did yeah, you my, talk when I did my when I gave got my one question in with him uh, during the during the, the season last year. Um, you know, it was at the tail end of the year. He in a losing season. In a losing season where you were literally yeah. coming off of co- not only a huge COVID outbreak, but also literally the weekend. This was the the day. After, like two, like literally two days after one of your players uh, had to take a leave of absence for uh, <laughs> uh, se- for uh, uh, for sexual, being a piece of shit, uh, yeah, sexual uh, misconduct charges. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he didn't have any reason to necessarily give me, you yeah, know, give any me much. time of day, but he did. Um, but it's, but you know you could tell like as soon as he heard oh Botchford project and yeah. I asked my question he he gave me a lot like he gave me a long well thought out really good answer that completely made my article like it, and yeah and he didn't he did not have to do that he was he was there was no necessary reason for him to give me that much uh material to work with in that time of day but he he gave it because i think that's just kind of the style that he is mm-hmm. and yeah just some of the stuff that you that you hear and see from him 
you really like it makes you it makes you want to root for him and his success as a coach like just from a even for like besides just a team level you want to see this is a guy you want to see succeed and um and 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 you don't and you don't worry so much when he starts uh sending guys out for the for the for the for the hard shit so the hard line rushes uh uh, the the bag skates uh, yes down the ice uh, did a number on players again again this year let's yeah let's just dive straight into it um bag skate as per usual as it is every single year provided memes provided drama provided talking points and every single year the bag skate happens and the usual talking point is people being like, Ooh, you couldn't do a bag skate, so that means you can't criticize guys for struggling on the bag skate. Um, we are not professional athletes tasked with getting paid hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, to show up to a athletics training camp and uh, skating professionally to show your, your fitness levels and competency and insurance. Yeah. Um, yeah to be fair... I, I, I don't think anybody is really built for bag skates. Like I don't think there's any no. like I don't I think you put Usain Bolt in, on skates. I still I Will think Lockwood he's, he's is apparently still be bent over gassed afterwards. I don't know. Will Lockwood apparently is uh pretty built for the bag skate. Will Lockwood apparently Neil's Hoglander is too, which is I mean, that's a good sign. Yeah. But they're but you know, they're still breathing heavy after. Like they're not sure. they cracked a sweat. Yes, I understand. It's 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 you know, a few a few guys that are actually really good at bag skates relative to a bunch of guys who aren't really that good, and it's not like a skill or competency you have. It's just like a it's just like a every player see how bag people can get yeah. after doing this really arduous activity. And last year it was Jake Vertanen twice because of they did two camps in one year. Um, the year before that, it was probably also Jake Vertanen, Troy Stetcher puking. Yeah. The year before that, it was probably Troy Stetcher puking and more of Jake Vertanen. It's basically been the same two guys in the crosshairs every single time. Yeah. And both for very funny reasons. One, because the guy is wasting his talent and ability by being out of shape for a training camp. And the other guy, because he's busting his ass so hard that he pukes. That he puked. And this year, we did have someone that puked. Yep, we had Connor Allen. The new guy, which is what you always want to see when the new acquisition paid or signed yeah. to a pretty decent contract shows up. You know, struggles a bit with the uh, camp, but, uh, you know, pukes his little guts out. And that, that's, that's great. <laughs> Hope you're not eating during the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, just a heads up. The next 45 minutes, we're going to be examining what was in his puke. Oh, okay? God. Oh, uh, I, ho- oh I hope The chunkiness not. of his puke. Oh dear. The consistency. Oh dear. Um, no, we're not going to do that. But yeah, the the OEL, the, the Ekman Larson thing, we were talking about this before the show. It was a bit much. Like he's 30 years old. He's on one leg. Uh, yeah. He isn't expected to try and win a spot at camp. He has no need to like hurt himself during a arduous task to try and prove himself to anybody. Like yeah. he's, he's already an established NHL veteran. He doesn't need to die for, you know, for the skate. and 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 his yeah, like you mentioned in his case, you know, he has the the leg injuries, like mm-hmm. the past history of leg injuries. I know some people um, were looking at it like you know because I I believe it was Chris Faber who posted the original video that got a lot of play. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I think a lot of people looking at it out of context were just like, oh, he's not trying. Like he's just mm-hmm. like, he's just. Or he's, or he's just so slow that it's going to be another nightmare. See, and to me, that is a little concerning. Like, sure. if that is as fast as he can go, that is a little bit of a problem. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm not so worried about it. That's going to be a huge problem because we already kind of knew that going in. 
I did make the one joke on Twitter where I was like, oh, this is th- this is what I look like when I'm running to a 930 class at 932. <laughs> like that's that's that, that that felt very real. That's like the you're kind yeah, of like, jogging, I'm late enough. You're making the motions, but you're not actually going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I'm sure, uh, and I think Faber ended up actually posting the he posted the full, full video. video because people were like really getting up in his mentions, like Clint arguing that he had made like um, uh, that he had just uh, not that he hadn't posted the whole story and he was trying to build a narrative, blah 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 blah. blah. But that wasn't the case. It was just a happened to be the oh, he's just not good at these. Like, and that's yeah, fine. That's fine. No one's no one's gonna be like it. It, it sounded like he did okay in all the other yeah. girls. So who cares? And he didn't find and like by all accounts he was doing fine in practice. It's just like this one task at the end of a, a like a tough practice. Like he struggled. And a part of me is kind of like remembering when Travis Green was first hired as the head coach. And I remember at camp they had asked all the AHL guys that he had had in the previous season like about the bag skate at the end of practice. And all the AHL guys were like, "Oh yeah, we knew that was coming, and so we were ready." And Ever since all these guys who've been with Travis Green for the last four years, like they've come prepared, they've come, you know, ready to do that brutal bag skate. And once again, the guys that struggled are the new kids. Do you think for Travis Green, like, and the coaching staff, when they make them do those drills, do you think it's less about the actual how fast you can do it and more Mm -hmm. about the how it's more about the what is the body language of how you're doing it and it's how it's not the it's not the answer you give it's how you answered it kind of thing like when you see a player going putting every last fiber of their body like like you mentioned connor garland as the guy who uh who uh chucked right afterwards i don't know if he was the fastest guy in his group but if he wasn't do you really care i don't think they really care because he clearly went and gave every last ounce of his strength in there and um, to kind of pivot into another player who got a little bit of flack, and we're we're gonna have a lot to talk on, about him later because of uh, a, a somewhat unrelated thing. But, we could probably uh, talk, we could probably sandwich it all together. Yeah, we can sandwich it all together. Um, Oliu Levy, like there was the whole thing of him just lying down after Oliu Levy's done this before. He knows this is a thing. This and is his fourth, maybe fifth training maybe camp with the with Travis. Yeah, and at least, yeah, at least fourth or third. Actually, no. It might be his fifth with it Travis might Green. Be his fifth. He, I don't know. I don't. He probably would, because he probably would have come as a as a rookie, because he could be. Yeah, signed he's right in, out of the gate. He was he drafted was in 2016, yeah. so his first camp would have been 2016-17, which, which is I believe was still Willie first D. Year, wasn't it? It might have still been Willie D, Willie D at that point. I think. I think. Yeah, you Travis might be right. Okay. In, did, Travis came in the the last year of the Sedins, which was 2017-18. Right. Correct. Okay, so then, yeah, so then it's at least. That's three, four. That's three. Okay. That's four. Um, or five. Yeah, it's five because of the return to play camp that's for the right. public. That's right. I forgot about that one as well. In theory, he should have expected the bag skate and shown up prepared. I know. Uh, I think Thomas Trance or someone had asked Will Lockwood about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I knew it was coming, so I came prepared and did bag skates over the summer to prepare myself." Will Lockwood said that. Yeah, like he Holy said it. I think cow. it was on the VanCast or something. We're gonna talk about like uh, the guys who've impressed us the most, and later on, like sure. Will Lockwood, one of them for me. Yeah, but um, keeping on the, the UL Levy thing, yeah. we'll stay on topic a bit. Yes, here we'll, stay, we'll stay, we're stay on, stay on topic. topic today. That's yeah. our goal. You're you're uh, you're veering off a bit, and it's very upsetting. <laughs> no, um, blame me for the U, for the UL Levy thing. It's like I understand why people like blew up for me and you i think we were just kind of like it's it's whatever it's it's just 
funny at this point because it's like, yeah, people struggle in the bag skate as every person usually does in the bag skate. Yeah. He struggled the worst. And as it is for every single Travis Green camp, whoever struggles the worst in that bag, bag skate gets memed to death. Most of the time, it's been Jake Vertanen or Troy Stetcher. And this year, it just happened to be the guy who's had a history of struggling and skating problems and just injury issues up the yin since he's been drafted as fifth overall in 2016. Yeah. So does it seem like piling on? Maybe. Maybe a little bit. But at the end of the day, if it was if it was JT Miller who was starfished on the ice because he was so bagged, we'd be memeing and making shirts out of that shit. Making like it doesn't it matter. Such a thing. Well, if you folks want to check out our uh, Teespring yes. account, we have one because we in parts or in collaboration with. Yeah. So explain, explain how this came to, together because this is actually super interesting. Cause there were the pictures that came out. There were the pictures of Olio Levy. That yeah, so went up online of him <laughs> out like, and then I was lying down. He's yeah. he was so bagged, and like apparently, like the the concerning thing is most of those pictures started happening after the first round of bag skates, right? Because they did, multiple which is ones, why right? people were like, "Oh no!" Like this is after one. Uh, you do four, you do four and a half lengths back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then you break. Your the next group of skaters goes and does back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then you go up again. And so this was after the first set, and he was on the ice on all fours, just completely exhausted and gassed. And people, of course, were in the venue because they opened the training camp for fans. Uh, media was present, uh, a lot of media was present, and so. Very slowly but surely, pictures of Yule Levy on the ice in complete agony of <laughs> exhaustion on the ice, just rolling around, heaving, trying to survive. And so naturally, people started memeing the shit out of it. Uh, a user on uh, Twitter by the name of Rippet and Rippet, Rippet with two Ps, uh, did some very wonderful drawings of these images and isolated away from an ice rink where it's just the outline of an exhausted body lying down or in a in a fetal position from exhaustion, all I could think of was that um, that sloth meme where it's like always be sleeping or whatever. Yeah, like, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I said, it has something with sleeping or being tired, and I yeah. just thought it was so friggin' funny. And in my head, I just kept picturing the JT Miller quote because. Of course, there were people there. They could hear JT Miller skating over to Yule Levy You're and hearing him ask Yule Levy, dead are you all right or are you just tired? Yeah. And that to me is just such a funny question because it's like, of course he's tired. Like, <laughs> he's on the ice completely bagged, probably like I think, yeah. desperate for oxygen. And it's like the only answer would be like, I'm just tired. Yeah, and so all I could think yeah. of was the shirt with him on like on his back, starfish out with the caption not dead, just yeah. tired. And and so and so we had a lot of people replying to the joke meme that I had put out. And shirt, yeah. uh, people were like, Man, I want this as a shirt. So we were like, Yeah, okay, sure, why not? And so we reached out to uh Grip It and Rip It and got some shirts put out this morning on our Teespring account. We'll put that in the uh, YouTube description yeah. and all that for you yeah. guys. 
for those of you watching the video uh yes, or for not watching the video, video we have it on we're showing it on screen right now yes. where we have the the always tired there's the always tired one which the always is tired one is very good lying down him on his knees yeah um and then he's and planted then on the ground not dead just tired where he's starfished out and which it, it on like Okay, so now we get into the, like the critical side there's of the, things. There's the question of like you know, are like we're not making fun of Ole Levy, so to speak. This is not no, like thing. for me and you, I think we we're both kind of in unison. Like, yeah, it's not a great look that he like that it is Ua Levy who is the one that starfished out on the ice, but it's just like the most relatable images. Yes, because I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's been a fucking pandemic that's been going on for the last two years and sucking the life force out of the earth and our and yourself uh i'm always tired i'm a night owl and i wake up at 5 30 every morning so five hours of sleep every day for the last uh 12 years it kind of gets to you a bit and so the idea of a shirt that just says always tired and yeah. it's relatable and it speaks to me and so seeing yeah. a pro athlete sprawled out on the ice after a bag skate that i would probably die and implode like a dying star yes that's great yeah it was funny and it, it was it was about the it was about the it was it was quite entirely about the like the like what he was doing rather yeah. than like what it represents was. just yeah. being completely gassed yeah. and if you're you're a human being i'm sure you found yourselves in moments when you're just completely gassed and just want to sprawl out like a starfish and not do anything except just exist and so man i ordered my shirts today this morning as soon as they went up yeah we put this together in about oof, like uh, like literally like hours. in like five or six you, hours we you. realized we could probably do this and yeah. just so you know we're not to, to nope. kind of prove that we aren't doing this in like to be mean spirited no. and just like be dickheads to you levy because that's like not the goal but some no. people assume that's what we are trying to do no. uh any of the sale or all the proceeds from the sales of these shirts is just going straight to the canucks for kids fund because yeah. straight up like it's just a funny shirt it, and a funny relatable image that's yeah. all it is it's that it's you know obviously this is uh grip it and rip it's uh art design yeah, so you and know it's we great. wouldn't want to profit off of like their like her designs regardless because yeah. it's not it's not ours we don't own it exactly like we just got permission to use them <laughs> so yeah this is entirely um this is entire all the profits from these are going to canucks for kids we've already actually we uh, raised we, 75 bucks. We raised quite kids, a bit which already, great. which is awesome. We're we're not at quite at 100, but you we're know, the fact that we're almost there, like it's great. Yeah. Um it's, and yeah, like yeah. At the end of the day, like it's just about having fun again. Yeah. Okay? Like hockey's supposed to be fun and the last several seasons of miserable like hockey teams losing like it's created this breeding ground where everyone assumes that everyone's motivations are like negative like, insidious and and negative and evil and like like that where we want you levy to fail no and it's like, yeah that was kind of yeah that was that the, was the overwhelming like the I don't, nobody said that to us for for the record no one i don't no one actually has said anything negative about no, the shirts themselves but there have been some like people like you know who have They're been questioning the the like the, the spirited the spirit behind uh, it behind anybody ma like making a joke out of that like, yeah there were, like lots of people made jokes and there yeah. were comments on a lot of them saying this is in poor taste mm -hmm. or you know you're making fun of a player it's like no it's not about him it's not we're about not him. we're not making a shirt to be like yeah you levy sucks and we hope he never makes it as an nhl player oh like, no i would love every to single canucks fan who has been a fan of this team since 20 whenever it doesn't even matter 
you've seen this kid drafted and you've seen the injuries he's gone through and not like yeah. myself included. Some of the worst, worst bad luck breaks of all yeah. time for a guy. Every single person wants the kid to succeed. And it's just happens that he was the one that was starfish out on the ice, completely exhausted. Yeah. Like we said, if it was JT Miller, if it was, was, was Patterson, if he was here, if Patterson, like they're getting me no matter what, because that position is so, so relatable funny. and so funny. Yeah. And I mean, it's great. Yeah, it's I, great. it's it. We just want to shout out to grip it and rip it for her, her artwork. Yeah. And she did a great job collaborating with us on this. Um, her stuff's great. Yeah. She started putting her, I mean, she's already had these for a long time, but I started following her, her fan cam account or whatever where she makes like <laughs> videos with like like they're really fucking good oh yeah they're so good we need we need to do some we need to like hire some some people to do like fan cams for we should probably do we like, should. Yeah, that'd be fun like to just showcase some stuff up a bit. yeah um <laughs> and i was actually it was really funny you were talking about like the whole like uh how the relatable the poses i was thinking it was so, it'd be so funny if like uh we had did like an ad for these like for like the shirts and stuff like that but it was yeah. like in the vein of like one of those like really like motivational like nike or adidas commercials <laughs> just, where i was literally like this is not it's not just a shirt it's a it's a movement yeah this is it's a movement where the only thing is not moving <laughs> is you it's always yeah. tired like that's the that's the that's the tagline we just have a bunch of like like glamour shots of people like running yeah doing like, like their like, chores like, like getting thing, groceries like, yeah. and shit and yeah. then it's like the guy opening his closet throwing yeah. it over yeah. <laughs> it just says always tired and then yeah. just on the couch yeah be, through the channels be a part of this of the new the generation new this Some is our time our moments yeah. like that would be something we <laughs> Some i'm sure people, that is something we might have to do later on if we keep doing stuff but uh yeah, yeah before we as we get into like all the other like uh get back into like hockey stuff yeah if you mm -hmm. want to go check those out we'll have the link in the description uh we're currently have a we have two we have the two designs uh each of which have there's a men's a, a men's shirt a women's shirt a hoodie and just a regular sweatshirt uh if you guys want more things in those in that style uh, that we don't have, uh, let me know, let Cody know, let the CreaseCast Twitter account know, uh, and we'll put them up. We'll, yeah. we'll absolutely go and uh, make them, since especially because they're doing so well. And, yeah. you know, the more money that goes to Canucks for Kids, the better. Yeah. So, yeah, have and, yeah the have Go nuts. The entire reason the shirts were created was, like, out of popular demand. So if you are popular and you demand something, <laughs> you might get it. So there you go. That's how that works. Um, um, other stuff. Going into, like, to um, going into um like some other training camp stuff because there was a yes. lot of like there's been a couple other things that we haven't like touched on mm -hmm. just yet we we focused a lot on like the bag skin and everything yeah. we'll focus on the good aspects yes. of camp that we've seen over the yeah, past couple of days honestly there hasn't been like necessarily a lot of negatives coming out of camp other than no. the fact that oof, uh quinn hughes and Leas peterson are still not there <laughs> um that kind of being the only one is there a, like from what you've seen out of training camp so far, I, I already mentioned briefly Will Lockwood and I'll talk about him later, but like, have there been players that you've like heard of or been watching that you felt like actually have looked good and you've been like, Oh, this guy actually is like, might have a shot here that I, you weren't thinking of. I think the most exciting, I mean, if you'd, if you'd read the prospect rhombus, you know, my expectations for some of the players that were coming into the That's camp. true. Um, and a lot of my predictions and estimations are pretty much coming true. Um, I think the most exciting thing for me has been seeing Vasily Podkolzin's wrist shot in camp. Like some of the videos that have come yes. out. Yes. Um, Quadrelli, uh, friend of the show, David Quadrelli, had a great shot like from behind the net. Uh, I think it was Mikey DiPietro that in net. It might have uh, been Demko, but it, it doesn't it matter. It didn't matter. It's a frankly, it didn't matter. Gorgeous it shot. It was just like you just Far watch, you, you see like the flex of the stick and you just. It's it's he whipped 
that shot on yeah. that. I have not seen a. I don't think. I don't think the Canucks have had a player who can just rip a shot like that in a while. Like Pedersen, first has year Besser. Besser, Besser, first year Pedersen basically could really do it, and I think he potentially could do it again mm-hmm. later. Um, could do it now, maybe. I don't I, know what his his wrist is like right now. On that note, I feel like if Rathbone gets a chance. Uh, with the Canucks to start the season, I think people are going to be surprised by how hard that kid can hammer a shot. Yeah, he's got good shots. He's got a that was actually fucking a, hammer from the blue line yeah, that people that, will be really happy with. Yeah, that was actually a talking point on uh, on Locked On Canucks this morning, which I now do with uh, Nick Bondi. That's new uh, Check from that out. last week's show, actually. I have, an, I have a co-host on that show now, too. I'm not cheating on Cody. It's, uh, it's he well is. known. He is um, this he's was discussed prior uh, in the prenup. Um <laughs> Um, so, but we talked about the, the whole, um, like who's the seventh defenseman right now, and especially without Quinn Hughes and Travis Hamannick, who we should also talk about. Right. Um, but, uh, and it was kind of like that question of is like Brad Hunt, Oliu Levy and Rathbone. And I think personally it's Rath, it should be Rathbone, mm-hmm. like no questions yeah. asked because, you know, Brad Hunt is probably okay. Like he's probably yeah. pretty. He'll legend. be he'll be perfect. He's depth. a perfect seventh defenseman. Yeah. A perfect seventh Agreed. defenseman. Um, but I'm not picking him over Rathbone, who I think honest, who I would argue already. Like this might be a hot take. I don't know if it is, but I would argue he already he is. Your team is better with Jack Rathbone on it on the ice than him in the press box or not there. Oh yeah, I don't even think that's a hot take anymore. It, it might just be just because he's kind of young. He hasn't had a lot of games under his belt, and it might be a lot to be like, "Oh, guaranteed, you're a better team with Jack Rathbone than say than uh, than say some other guy." I, <laughs> but I think they're there. I think he's good. He is very good. He showed very well. Like he hasn't he hasn't looked out of place. At no, even point. last season when he joined oh. a losing team, he looked really fucking good. Yeah. He was um, he held his own very well. He did and I mean you saw him in the games he played in Utica. He was clearly He was head and shoulders about, like above his peers. Like it was like it was almost like a waste of time. Yeah, he he there was nothing here for them to him to learn. He had nothing to prove basically. After like the first three games you knew this kid was like an NHLer. Like he looked like a a man playing with boys as they as they say. But yeah. As we're talking about this, I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, I mean, if Rathbone gets in, then what do you do with Hunt and Ulevi? And then I remember, oh, right, Hughes isn't signed. Oh, yeah. So yeah, isn't that Rathbone something? could be the default first, or oh, like the, the first puck-moving defenseman guy while OEL's your first pair minute muncher, and then Brad Hunt or Ulevi are your third pair guy. Now... And that putting doesn't even get into aside, the, the right putting, side. Yeah, putting aside <laughs> the individual players, that that depth lineup, that depth itself is uh, it yikes. um, that's bad. It suddenly looks a lot worse with Quinn Hughes out of the lineup, and yeah. same with the right side because we're gonna have to get into this sticky topic. Um, Travis Hamonic is apparently allegedly still in Manitoba. He is not in Vancouver for training camp, like Jim Benning had previously said. Um, without him at camp, for whatever reasons, we don't exactly know why he isn't at camp. It is very implied. It's a gray area. It's a gray area. This it's is all allegedly what we're about to say. Yes, this is all allegedly. This is. I think we briefly touched on it in the last show, but it's one of those cases where like, there's not okay, enough information. It is. It is. It is not known a hundred. I don't know if it's known a hundred percent, but it's a the very least. It is. Like, it's fifty fifty. It's like it's, it's it's pretty. It's also very well known. Like because I've seen media people say this is the reason. Yeah. But also, like you, you don't 
like we we yeah, don't know he, for sure. I don't know if we. I mean, it's like he, it's like we can run to the finish line of a race, but you can't. You just can't. Yeah, it, that's a perfect way of putting it. So the idea, right? The belief right now is that he is not vaccinated, and they're having to convince him to. So the Canucks are trying to convince him to get vaccinated because, of course, uh, in Canada, you cannot play a single game without vaccination. In the states, uh, teams can have players sit out um, and miss out on the Canadian games, games but still play all the American ones, as we saw with Tyler Bertuzzi and you can wear a mask everywhere. Like if you're yeah. if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. I believe is the thing, and yep. you're afforded a lot more uh freedoms while you're on the road like you don't have to sit in your hotel room until game day basically like you can actually like like do normal people shit yeah the nhl did have actually did surprisingly did a very good job on being on making it clear of hey if you don't get your vaccination you're gonna make your life you're gonna regret you're gonna regret not doing it um you're gonna regret not doing it quickly and i know and i saw some people especially talking about in the tyler bertuzzi case um where you know, if your team starts losing because you can't go to games, uh, suddenly, suddenly uh, your your popularity in the locker room is probably going to take a huge dive. Like if, if anything goes wrong because and and you're not and you're not showing up to games because you didn't feel like getting a needle like a shot once. Like that's gonna yeah. be very unpopular. Well, now in Hammond's case, it's different. The Canucks case too, right? Like, yeah, like they all went through a COVID outbreak together with the P1 that's variant. True, like, very true. How how awkward is that going to be when you're like, okay, we'll see you in the states? Like they're not going to want him around. No, you he won't. He, he won't play a single game. Yeah, if he doesn't get vaccinated. He won't play a game. No, not not even close. Which is great considering he was signed to a two-year, six million dollar contract. Yeah, this <laughs> and this is the this is the most alarm. Frankly, that's the more alarming thing to me is that if you if the is why on earth did the Canucks give him a two-year contract, uh, a two-year deal worth three million per year, money that right now would in particular would come really in handy. Yes. I don't know why. I'm just. I, I don't know that. either. But I don't know who that would come in handy for. But uh, I don't know. Did they not know that this was a possibility when they signed him? Like they had this, to know. This was the question I believe posed on what show was I watching? I don't, uh, was, like I, oh, Scar- you know what? <laughs> Donnie and Dolly, Sakarison Price. I think it was Donnie and Dolly. I think I think Don Taylor had asked. Um, wouldn't this have been something they had asked about? Because when they signed him, it was July 28th, which was the free agency, free agency day. And, and at well that point, after. we had had vaccine availabilities for at least four months exactly. for our age groups. Bingo. Oh, God. As I said that, I realized I'm very old. <laughs> I mean, even me. No, I had my vaccine by that point, too. So, like, that's not yeah, that. Sure. It's not that. Um, No, like, that was plenty of time yeah so at that time too if you're looking ahead to the season they would have had to have known there's going to be a vaccination policy most likely with the nhl so if you're negotiating contracts would you not have been like hey are you going to be vaccinated by the time training camp opens at the start of september yeah or the end of september and if that wasn't a part of your discussions then then that's like a fireable offense and yeah i mean it would be for me at least now and you know, for all we know, he could have. You know, you could put, you could, one could potentially could lie. lie. Yeah. But also, you could have said like at the same time. How is that not in writing in the contract of yeah. hey, if you don't get your vaccination, 
Because then you can uh, avoid it. So far, we know that you don't have your vaccinations. Mm -hmm. We're going to put it in your contract that if you don't get them, we can terminate it and right. we can terminate it uh, with cause and not have to pay you a dime. Right. And hey, maybe that, I mean, for all we know too, like Jim Benning has always like been like, I don't discuss contracts uh, with the media. It for all be. we for all we know, it could be in the contract, but you, you Jim Benning is a personable enough guy where he's like, I don't want to have to void a contract because the guy refuses to get vaccinated. Yeah. Like and he, he's a former player. He gets players. He, he gets the, the player GM like relationship. And so he strikes me as the type that like, he wouldn't want to void Hamannick's contract because of some ridiculous anti-vax belief. Right. Like I think he's the type where he like he'd really rather try and convince the guy to do something that's in his best interest than something that would like fuck up his career. It's possible, like it is definitely possible. Like, but I also think for in Benning's case, like or in the Canucks case, I should just say, like in general, like if Hamnick if Hamnick doesn't get vaccinated, just so we, so just if you guys don't know, he's he doesn't get any money. Like he doesn't get paid. The Canucks don't get cap relief for one. Yeah. From, what, from my understanding, they don't get cap relief, but they also don't have to pay Hamnick. So like technically that's three million dollars he's just flushing down the toilet you don't get it uh i i think the case is though i mean yeah if he misses the entire if he misses missed, the entire he, season yeah like if he doesn't play any games yeah he doesn't get paid because it's like you don't you miss you miss out on a paycheck for all the games you don't play so like for tyler bertuzzi's case he won't play in any of the canadian games and for whatever reason like nine of them for yeah me. and steve eiserman's like yeah that's fine so he misses out on four hundred thousand dollars yeah and Which so for Frankly, case. infuriating yeah i know like that's uh, infuriating like i, I be nice to just be like yeah i don't I'm need throw it, yeah i don't need i all i, I could get four hundred thousand dollars by just taking a needle and i don't <sighs> feel like it like that's that's infuriating like we talk all the time about if you're a player go get your money but that's infuriating yeah I think that. um and in ham but in hamnet's case like i don't think he can technically like I don't think the Canucks are the Canucks are not going to go. Oh, sure, you can come on all the American trips because that's less than half your games. That's yeah. less than half your games a year. You're not going to let him do that. Mm -hmm. You can't come. Like there's, yeah. there's it, I don't even know if he's allowed on a plane past. Um, he like, would he uh, would have to do what people currently have to do. He'd have to do the 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 negative test within 72 hours of a plane, a plane ride outbound, and then you'd have to have one. 72 hours in advance of a plane inbound and you'd still have to quarantine because you're not vaccinated. Yeah. And you still, and that's not even including all the normal, normal citizen things that you can't also do. Like mm -hmm. now that there's vaccine passports, he would not be able to enter a movie theater or a restaurant or, or do else. like team event things like team dinners, which is like a huge thing they were talking about last year. Like, Oh, yeah. we couldn't do team dinners. We couldn't get to know Hoglander. We yeah. couldn't get to know each other's families. Like it's a big friggin' deal yeah. to these players. And it's like, I mean, you, I would love to flush away $3 million because I, refuse to stick something in my body that yeah, i don't it's you, yeah it's, it's who cares? Like, yeah right now it's just like it's it's disappointing you on a on a human level i hope he comes to his senses i hope like they if this is true on a human level i hope he comes to his senses and just gets the, the vaccine because that's you'd be crazy not to like yeah. you should everyone get vaccinated please get vaccinated if you're not yeah if you're listening to this and you don't have your vaccines Only good yet? Listen to the show, as we always say. But yes, go get. Yeah. Please, please, for the love of God, yes, get get a vaccine. Get a vaccine. It's it. 
yeah, they can't stress enough. Please get a vaccine. Um, so yeah, I just, I hope on a human level, I'll just leave, we'll leave it at that. Like on a human level, you just hope that he does the right thing and he goes and he gets his vaccination because you'd be so yeah. Yeah, it, it's dumb to ruin your like reputation as a player and uh, as a person yeah. because of this kind of stubbornness, especially yeah. when you have an immuno immunocompromised daughter. Which that's I the mean, that is the interesting wrinkle is like I don't know what the deal is with that, how much that changes like that sort of thing. I'm sure it's yeah, oh yeah. So oh, and Thomas Trance treated on September 23rd. Like, is somebody asked is Hamannik a vaccine related absence? Trance said team won't confirm, but pretty clearly. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. it's it's well, it's pretty well known. Um, um yeah and that's a that's a bit of a bummer topic yeah did yeah we, let's uh did we talk about the um did we talk about like who you uh you liked put coles and you talked Colson about was good lockwood i mean i've been pegging him as possibly a fourth line bottom six forward this entire time lockwood always shows up to training camp so well yeah because he shows he's a he's a camp beast which is sometimes what you need like a lot of people this is a, going back reversing hit neil rewind to our conversation about bag skates one of the um, the critiques of people critiquing bag skates was that Jay Beagle was always a bag skate comp beast. Mm -hmm. And look how he was in the regular season. Right. So a part of me is kind of like, well, if Jay Beagle can be a comp beast of the bag skate and, being, and get a, a shot and a role in the NHL, then why can't Will Lock? He's way younger. The upside is way higher than a Jay Beagle. And he's cheap. So cheap. why not? Give him the chance. Yeah. He's proven it at three camps in 14 months. He was, And with, with Mott out, there's an extra spot right now. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of like – I don't mind a four – and I guess Sutter as well. Jeez, there's a whole third line oh, yeah. just sitting there. The whole four, fourth line sitting so, there. Yeah, so if you haven't been following up with the news, there are the two contract-related absences, which are Hughes and Patterson. Then there's the potential COVID-related absences, which are Travis Hamanick, who might may or may not be unvaccinated. There's Justin Bailey, who was got who unfortunately got COVID literally before he was about to fly out to Vancouver. And if you remember, he was having kind of a breakout season last year before Milan Lucic broke his shoulder and ended. Yeah, he, he was doing okay. And then there are other injury-related absences, which are Tyler Mott, who apparently had surgery in the summer and is still recovering, uh, and then Brandon Sutter, who signed like a not a league minimum deal but a, a contract that can be that is completely variable in the minors is dealing with fatigue issues which is scary because he he was dealing with fatigue issues last season after the covid outbreak that's right so i don't know if that's covid related like it, i'm God, not, hope not, not. one to speculate on what it could yeah. be but it's scary that it's the same issue spread apart over six months seven months whatever it's been yeah. um so hopefully he's okay because if like this is this is the the craziness of this season and this Canucks team is that if Brandon Sutter is incapable of being their fourth line center, they're they don't have enough. They're, they're looking a little dicey. They're looking a yeah, little bit dicey. And, and it's weird saying that about Brandon Sutter. Okay, yeah. I mean, we've probably given we've get, like 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 we've said I think a lot of times on the show like just based on like what your cap hit is it really changes like the reflection it completely of who you changes are. your perspective. Like, of Brandon that Sutter on his current deal. I fine. manage totally fine. easily manageable. I love it. Like, on a four right, million dollar contract, not so much. Maybe exactly. not so much. You expect more. Right now, with it, it but it does it's not good that he's not here. Like no. that, he's a bona fide, he is a he's uh, a he is guy. a quintessential fourth line player who Perfect can do spot. penalty killing for you. Yeah. 
Travis Green knows what he has in him. Now he has the task of figuring out what does he do with JT Miller? Does he move him back to center, which I'm sure he doesn't really want. Uh, do they have a center group that is Horvat Miller Dickinson and Justin Dowling? Yeah, that's which, the, yeah, Justin Dowling's Justin an Dowling was a fine fourth line center for Dallas last year, but at the same time, you don't really know him. You don't know Jason Dickinson either. Dickinson is more of a clear, you know, he'll be, you know, he'll, he's, like, he's one of those guys that he finds. Dowling is the interesting one. But yeah. yeah, if you're Travis Green and you're trying to figure out your roster for this year, the last thing you really wanted to do was have to f- to completely like really take a like a calculated risk on yeah what your fourth line is going to be like you'll get preseason games to figure it out yeah but that's still not that's not you don't know how that's going to go when the regular season starts as far as the fourth line is concerned i do like the idea of lockwood playing down there although Mm -hmm. it seems like i think for the most part for the first couple days he's been paired mostly with with ahl guys like yeah he's been paired with um, like i have dries and and dries and stevens Stevens, yeah and Stevens on that third yeah. Which is weird because John Stevens isn't really like a first line center in the AHL level. Mm-hmm. Like when and during a normal AHL season, he was like the fourth line C for the Comets. And to be fair, McEwen, Zach McEwen, I believe, started day one with Horvat and Pearson, which is probably not where he'll be on day yeah. one. So that could be nothing. That could mean nothing. Yeah. Like it, it could vary. It's well all placeholder be. shit, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's, yeah. And it's throwing a lot of interesting, like, curveballs one of the ones that is uh out there is that came out this week was uh alex chase on uh on the pto he came in on a PTO. oh yeah that's right that happened this week like do you, and uh chase on has a track record of actually being able to put up decent yeah. points last year he had a bit There's of a power play time stuff too yeah he played with mcdavid he's had that kind of experience um do you think there's a possibility he comes in and actually wins a contract here i mean if if the Canucks had Pedersen and Hughes signed, I'd be like, yeah, there's a guarantee that he's probably going to get like a, like a league minimum deal at the very least. He still might get a league minimum deal that they throw, like, you know, they try and bury him in the minors, yeah. but I mean, they need every dollar. Yeah. That's the, that's the toughest part. Afford it. Unless, sorry, there is a world or a universe where, the Canucks approach the regular season. Pedersen and Hughes are still unsigned. They can afford league minimum PTO. And what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to put guys like Dowling, McEwen, um, Bailey. A lot of guys Heim, down. Maybe. A lot of guys, guys are going to get thrown on waivers. And there is a chance There's that a- one of them gets picked up. Mm-hmm. So if you have Chase on or Chase on to be that extra body in case one of those guys gets grabbed, yeah or and or uh i don't know i i'm you have to remind me with the two-way contracts you still can get claimed on waivers or is the yeah there's like something else in there like i think it's more to do with the money side of things than you basically lose your waiver uh eligibility after i think like your third like once your elc's up like even if you've only played like three games in the nhl like i'm pretty sure your waiver eligibility like there's something there's something there unless you're like a something like that and like for example, Ole Ulevi has only played like fifty games, but yeah. he's not waiver eligible. Or no, sorry, because he is waiver eligible. Um, Will Lockwood isn't waiver eligible because he's only played like seven games or something. He's exempt, yeah. Still on his ELC, so they run into a risk where it's like all these kind of depth pieces, which is why they signed like an AHL's team. AHL teams worth of 
They like did have extra yeah. guys, yeah. basically. Most because, of them are going to make it through because so many other teams are dropping their own guys on waivers yeah. and hoping they don't that's, get claimed. That's why you do the shotgun approach of sounding as many guys as possible so that in some odd case, no one tries to claim Nick Patan. Who yeah. might be the Canucks' first line center? Nick Patan, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick Bondi has been talking a lot about Nick Patan. He's been really singing that guy's praises. Sounds good. Um, good for him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's getting placeholder time with – Besser and Hoaglander, which is the interesting first potential first line. Yes. Uh, which I actually hadn't thought about. And I realized that this morning that I had not thought about the fact of, oh, yeah, Hoaglander could totally play first line minutes now. Like, yeah. That was something that it, I think the reason I had never really considered that was simply because of the fact that he's literally only in a second year ever of playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, based on what he showed last year, yeah, there's no reason why he couldn't be on that first line. And that mm-hmm. Pedersen, Besser, uh, Hoaglander first line. Oh, that's a very good group. That's, that's a, a pretty good, good line. I think they got some looks last year, but obviously Pedersen was not having a great season. He yeah, was kind of stopping at the time. The roughest luck. Like as we said many times in our uh, our season last year, Hoglander was on most nights the best forward for the Canucks, and he produced very well for a rookie. But at the end of the day, like it, it still wasn't enough to be like a first line caliber forward. Maybe this year he takes another step. Apparently he's looked really great camp so far, and maybe he he fits. Yeah. The interesting thing for me is that Todd Colson's been giving time with uh, Miller and Dickinson. That's an yeah. Which makes me wonder if Miller's third line right now, which is yeah, like on a lot of depth charts, which is wild. To yeah, think about. I wonder if I wonder if Green is looking at that line as like his matchup line. Like Dickinson, Miller, and Pod Colson, who's like an energy guy. Like I think that would be a really good matchup line. Obviously, they're banking on Pod Colson, like like getting to NHL pace and being able to actually battle the way they need him to battle at the NHL level. But yeah, you have a second line that's Horvat, Garland, Pearson, and a first line that's hopefully Hoglander, Besser, Patterson. Yeah, that's a pretty decent. That's a that's really effing good third line. Yeah, that's an incredible third line. My interest, my interest is to see. You know, Travis Green is a big fan of sheltering his rookies, like yeah. really, and which is a good thing. Like, yeah. you don't so if you give put him with heart. two vets who are like really responsible in their zone, I mean, yes. Miller not so much, but Miller, Miller's Miller's chatty enough that he can bring Pod Colson along, right? Yeah. Like he will. He's a good mentor. Exactly. Good mentor. So like right you get the mentorship mentor. from an established two way center who plays a really good defensive game and a guy who is not going to be afraid to tell Pod Colson how to play the fucking game, yeah. right? You're either you're either going to put him with Miller or you're going to put him with Horvat. It's it's yeah. really a question of which one you like and which one you want to uh, give you which one you're more willing to ease the matchups into. I kind of want to see Pod Colson maybe with Horvat for a bit. I kind of like the idea, especially because I think that is a like I think one of the things I've talked about recent a lot recently is how I think Jason Dickinson really is going to benefit like his just his existence on the team yeah will really benefit Bo Horvat because Bo is not going to have to play nearly yeah. as many hard defensive minutes that he used to he, he can just can get he score goals again yeah he can just go back to being a little bit more of an offensive guy like obviously yeah. you want your guy like if Bo Bo Horvat becoming say a selkie candidate would be great but yeah you don't but, but if he can become a, a 30 goal scorer you'd You'll way take that. rather that yeah you'll take that any day of the week if and especially because i think you know i think it's very likely that you're going to see dickinson whoever dickinson is uh is on dickinson's wings 
uh, is going to be, I think, going to get paired up a lot against, like, say, like the McDavid's mm -hmm. and the Matthews mm -hmm. and the um, who's in this division? I guess Mark Stone, like the Golden yeah. Knights group, Seattle like, team. Yeah. Um, oh man, who who kept torching the uh, the Canucks? Was that a oh, that was uh, in the that series against the Knights? It was. Um, oh. It was. Uh, uh, oh, why am I blanking on his name right now? He's a French guy, isn't he? Uh, Marcia. So. Oh yeah. no, I was thinking of Marcia. Yeah, Marcia so Smith, and then um, Tuck. Alex Tuck, who oh, yeah. kept just like blasting through the blue line. That guy was quick, uh, quick on his feet. I think that, yeah. So I think whoever Dick Dickinson is going to get a lot of tough matchups. I worry about the idea of putting put Coles in there just for that reason, just mm -hmm. that idea. But I don't, I also don't hate it because I, like you said, I think they'd ease him very well. I think Miller and uh, Dickinson could ease him very well into the thing. Another kind of interesting wrinkle in that third, fourth group is, uh, Klimovich. He's looking, yeah, good. that's, um, like we talked about how he's a guy who really believes in his own in to in himself that he is an NHL guy already. Yeah. And you know, we kind of were like, yeah, okay, but you know, you're you're going to play in junior. He's looked really good and a lot of people are already kind of like, oh, he's kind of trying to he's really forcing himself into the uh conversation. I yeah, I think at the end of the day he's still going to end up in the queue because like he's still young. Like the fact that his like offensive like game is like there and like his shot looks good and like his speed is like pretty decent like that's those are all good signs there's no need to really bring him in especially if you're missing if you're missing your two superstar players you don't really want to add like a third rookie to the mix of having to be brought along right. so because now you have because you have pit calls in and you have raft boat already yeah so it's like don't in. don't add more than you can really handle in a given season so yeah i mean it. let him grow in the queue a bit yeah let him get there's no problems. rush to bring him up the only thing that would make them rush him in is if he gives them a reason to and yeah. and like again it requires game games to see how he does but hey if he shows up well like right now he's doing okay he's he's pulling his own weight and i would love to see him force his way in there just for like the interest just for the interesting storyline the ability of like seeing this guy who really really believes he's going to be a good NHL or someday. Yeah. Like seeing him get in there that quickly would be very cool. Uh, Luke Shen's looked very good. This is not yeah, apparently Shen's so looking good, which is always fun. Winning battles. I really, uh, I really like the idea of him playing with Rathbone, which kind of, which is, I hate, which sucks in a way just because of the fact that I think that's in a way is almost one of the least likely pairings to happen just because of the way the Canuck, the rest of the Canucks defense is looking right now. <laughs> yeah. And even like when say Hughes comes back, I think it's, you know, I think, I think that because they had, um, they had Shen and, uh, and Rathbone paired up. And one of the things that uh, we've talked about before is how much how great a job shen did at kind of uh easing hughes in during his first few games in the nhl like that very first year when he only had the nine games played a lot of those were with luke shen yeah, yeah. and that is simply because of the fact that shen knows he's just a stabilizing guy he's the stay-at-home defenseman yeah. he's not gonna take you know exactly what you're getting he from. knows how to facilitate over to that uh or like x or like uh yeah send uh how to how to make it easier on the young guy who's going to make the who's going to pinch in or take the rush and try and go in for a, for a shot mm -hmm. and he did very well with Hughes on that and i think he would be a very good fit for rathbone yeah and i would love to see them get some like playing time together i think they would be a very good like second line if you threw them in 
Yeah, I mean, the problem the Canucks are going to run into if they don't have Hamannick or Hughes is like figuring out who's your first pair, who's your second pair, and third. And who is your first pair right now? Who do you? I mean, say? I think you default to it being Ekman, Larson, and Pullman, and yep. you just hope that's for the right. Best, right? Like yeah, that's, that's all you can really do. It's either that or uh, you go with uh, the full, or you go full veteran, and you go OEL with Tyler Myers, which would be very interesting. And not what I, and not and uh, I've talked about it before that I think maybe you should just uh, say uh, uh, consolidate the amount of potential damage. <laughs> maybe you throw them together and and just to uh, so it doesn't seep into the other parts of the game, uh, the other parts of the blue line. But no, I think you're right. I think Pullman is probably going to start off with um, with OEL, and I think they could be a, they, they might be a decent fit. I want to see them in some game action, but I think they'll be a good fit. And then you have a obvious, and then your third pair, I guess in that case, is Myers playing with. Um, why am I blanking on the third guy? It's um, who is it? We've already talked about him. Uh, who, who, who are we missing right now? It's, it's, is it just Myers? It's just it's just yeah. Myers back there. It's just two Tyler Myers playing back there. There's Myers, Hamnick, and missing right now. We are missing Myers, Hamnick, Shen, Pullman. Pullman. Uh, who's missing on the? Uh, we're missing. Um, are we not? Maybe we're not missing. Maybe, I don't oh, think we Yule are. Levy, Yule Levy. That's oh right. yeah, right. Levy. The guy we talked about for yeah, it's Yule Levy. That's who we're missing. Um, or Brad Hunt potentially. Brad Hunt is uh, apparently yeah, he can play on the right side. He's a bet. Okay. Uh, yeah, Brad Hunt's doing all right. Uh, he's again. We we already mentioned him a little bit. Seventh defenseman. He's your seventh right now. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting when Hughes comes back and and potentially if Hamnick does too. Who gets like chucked to Abbotsford? Because right now there are a couple guys in there. Like, I think I think who I would say pick is very different from what Canucks management, the Canucks coaches would pick. I think that's a very uh, that's a very different looking thing. And I'm very worried that you know uh, a potentially very good pairing like Rathbone Shen is going to end up getting split up very quickly as soon yeah. as um, as soon as yeah. those guys come back. If they if, and in, in Hamnick's case, if at all, you know. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Canucks at this point too, and you have preseason starting in you got games, you got games two days to or something. Yeah, like you kind of need to know what you're gonna have for the remainder of the season. And um, if Hamannick is refusing to get a, um, I think I think it's gonna be I think very I think very clearly yeah, like you mentioned, it's gonna be you're gonna have OEL playing with Pullman. I'm I'm interested to see what Pullman does with first line minutes. I don't think he ever played those in Winnipeg. I don't think he got a lot of that time. They always yeah. have defense like last year they're a little suspect this year they're a decent bit better um but pullman no pullman's never played that money that much ice time if, no. if, if he gets it and potentially maybe who knows maybe he does okay with oel maybe it's not a bad maybe it does okay there like you could be you could see a potentially decent fit there I think yeah they're the best suited for each other i think at the very least right now yeah um yeah, in terms of uh, and I, I don't know if there's I don't know if there's that much more to, over, to go over training camp other than the fact that uh, tomorrow tomorrow they got one more day they got the one more day of training camp and then they uh, they head for their first game in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, in, sorry in Spokane against the Kraken I don't know if that game's on TV hey, apparently it's it's available on Seattle TV which means it'll probably be blacked out in Vancouver but I'm sure which is kind are, of nuts. You'd think that they were resourceful enough. I'm sure they'll find a way to. Watch I am it. sure we'll find a way to get the game footage. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I mean, it's just wild that the games are coming up that quickly. Like they're coming up so, like right around the corner here. Um, one thing in terms of game, um, 
stuff. This is a little bit off of, this is a little bit more in terms of, um, uh, like some, like, uh, in the broadcast booth, I guess, television wise and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jim Houston retired this week. Oh yeah, that's right. Goodness gracious. He, he retired and I know you're a bit of a, you're a bit of a newer, you're a bit of a, a newer hockey fan in terms of just like, um, from a television era standpoint, I would guess, because I, because <laughs> I know you started watching more in the late, like, like during middle of the Luongo era. So when yes. you, like, uh, by that point, I think Jim Houston was fully on hockey night in Canada at that yeah. point. I remember watching games when he was, uh, the regional guy for the Canucks back when he was on Rod, on Sportsnet and he was calling all the games with John Garrett. Right. Uh, before John Shorthouse took over that, took over on that side and and stopped doing uh, radio as much. Um, Jim Houston and I talked about this a little bit on the other show. Um, he's like a soundtrack to my childhood, man. Like I, my very first video game was NHL 2002, <laughs> and I loved hearing. I loved his call. I think Don Taylor was the, the other guy on that game as my well. God. It was it was fun. I Jim Houston is uh, somebody who. Honestly, like I might not be a media person today if, I'm, if not for Jimmy's. And I oh, really? loved hearing his calls. I loved his voice. He did such a great job. Um, I loved in the athletic article where they talked to him that the player they talked to about him uh, was Luongo because that I, I you know what I didn't you know what I didn't know that the great Sam Luongo calls he made were that I were so iconic not just in Vancouver. I thought that but was just, just like, a Vancouver thing. I didn't realize they'd become. Like that a, much, like that a known thing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it was really cool seeing Luongo talk about how, oh, sometimes my kids like watch highlights, uh, watch the highlights with, uh, and Jim Houston calls that game and you just get, and you get like chills and you get chills from watching mm. from those calls yeah. and like coming back to those memories, which, uh, you know, just gonna, I'll, I'll start crying right now. No, because those calls were, those calls, especially the great save Luongo's were iconic for me. And like, the, uh, I talk. I, I I've talked about it before that I was so like I I feel like as a Canucks goaltender, if there's a rite of passage, the rite of passage for a Canucks goaltender is when you get the great save. Insert your name from from Jim from, Houston. From Jim Houston, like I got like last year, we got it for Demko. Demko got it, yeah. Demko and I was so thrilled. Like I was awesome. <laughs> like I was really happy in that moment that I got to hear great save Demko. Like I love that. I was that was awesome. And uh, every goal he got, every Canucks goal he gets it. It's Sad that he's walking away. I don't know what your experience is with Jim Houston because again, you came in in like the era where he started doing a lot more East Coast games. Yeah, like I in Toronto. I'm more of like a shorty and cheech guy, right? I, like, I, I love like I love John. This is not a this is not an anti John and John show. This is a very pro. This is very John much an anti John. They're great. They're terrific. They're all like John Shorthouse is just as much a part of my childhood as Jim <laughs> is. I would argue, like you know. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. He, his calls were always really good. Uh, to me, I, I guess like this might sound really dumb, but I am so tuned out of play by play. Interesting. I, I barely pay attention to play by play cause I'm focused on the on ice. Like, so a lot of those great calls, I will notice more when watching games back. Than yeah. Back like going back and rewatching. Yeah. Live. Yeah. Like the only, the only times I really notice, um, play-by-play like live while it's happening is usually is, when it's, like not good when it's like yes else. when they when they start being openly very critical of like like coaches decisions or refing or whatever then you really start noticing it yeah, like, yeah. generally like i completely tuned out You're like 
I, I guess I have that in a lot of things too, like music. I like there are albums I've been listening to my entire life. I could not tell you the lyrics to. Yeah, that's that, that, honestly just, that's that you're, just vibing. you're just vibing at that point. So this is true. Like, it's mostly you're, with your with hockey. Same same deal. Uh, yeah, it's and yeah. For me, I think a lot of it is just yeah. I really liked the calls. I really liked. Uh, I was somebody who you know as a kid when I would play road hockey with buddies, I was doing the calls. I was yep. doing the, the call. And I, you know, I, I said on Twitter that I hope, I hope one day I would get great save Irvin someday. That was like, that was my dream as a kid. I was going to get that call someday. Hey, maybe we'll have him on the show. Yeah, I'm on the show. Gonna, you can ask him to say it for you. You can ask him to do, to lead us in with the show on that one. That would be, or like at the end, that'd be yeah, cool. I'll we tell it. I'll tell a really bad joke. He's, he's a local. So he'll, he might be, he might be around. You never know. I think he's based in Toronto now though. No. Cause he lives in the, o I know at the very least he has a summer home in the Okanagan. Cool. I think he lives here. I think, he, well, you know, you know what? He definitely lives here because uh, last year he didn't travel because of the pandemic yeah. and everything. And he was only calling Canucks games for hockey night in Canada. He only mm -hmm. called Vancouver local games uh, on Saturday nights. Wow. Um, one other thing we'll touch on uh, with the Canucks at least is, um, Kro Kaprizov and uh, uh, I almost said Jonathan Dolan. That's the wrong. <laughs> he was signed Lassus ages Dali. ago. Uh, he yeah, he signed ages ago. Um, they both signed this week. You mentioned uh, well, actually, when we were doing prep for the show, and I know we've talked a little bit about Pedersen Hughes already today, um, but this is more important. But this is like pretty pertinent right at this point. Mm -hmm. um, we were listening to Sakaris and Price. I think Rick Dollywall came on, and you heard. Uh, and what did he, what did he say? Basically, he said like the. the oh, he said yeah. When the Dolan 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 contract came in, the the price that was being given to the Canucks was being elevated, and the Canucks were being asked to raise their 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 uh, rates. Yeah, great. So Which you know, just everyone kind of knew was happening. Dolan everyone... is signed to a pretty decent contract for a young and upcoming defenseman. Most people, I mean, not most people. A lot of people are like Dolan's way better than Hughes, but they're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. Uh, Hughes is much better and has way more offensive upside. Uh, that's way not better just skater. Seeing it through rose-colored glasses because yeah, we like, cover this team. No, one hundred percent. Quinn Hughes is worth more than Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah. So he's uh the, and, the. I mean, this is the problem when you sign guys. You have no um, rush to sign. Before yep. you're superstars, yep. you're left with 13 to 16 million in cap space with no way to find a deal that works for the signing the two of them. Yep. And the fact that Pedersen switched agents like early last season, early they should have seen this coming. And yep. the fact that they prioritized signing a Demco extension, a Pearson extension, uh, Pullman, Hamannick, like all these guys should have been on the back burner. And yep. he was in should have been prioritized now Easily. they're just staring down the barrel with the start of the regular season coming in the next two weeks yeah rasmus Dal so rasmus Dahlin's number just so we're clear here it's six it's six three per, years three years deal. six million each uh so 18 million i believe is the number if i did the math in my head correctly um so you know q's number is already at least starting with a seven basically that's pretty much it's starting with a seven um, and that's again not including the fact that Kaprizov signed as well, and who and he got nine million. He got nine million now, and that one is uh you know the like a lot of more ex lots of experts are saying you know that's not as you know it's not as direct to comparable as say Dolan Dolan is to Hughes right that's simply because of 
A, the Wild were in a situation where they only had to pay one guy. They were they were in that they were they didn't have to worry about the um about necessarily the long term about the um about uh signing anybody else. Mm-hmm. This was the one guy they yeah. had a decent amount of money. They have cap space like, after moving out a bunch of guys, yeah. like they they get yeah. Nine and what is now what is weird is the fact that apparently nine million was the number months ago and they only got to it now. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, five years, nine million per. And I don't like I'm not gonna this one I'm not gonna necessarily say oh like the peasant number starts higher necessarily, but it does tell you that oh yeah, you're probably looking at eight nine. You're probably nine is probably the number you're looking at. The problem is they don't have room for nine. They don't have room to sign him to nine and uh used seven. They don't have that. No. They don't have sixteen million. They have about thirteen. They have thirteen before going into LTI. Before. And- okay. That's not it's still too hairy. Like that's still oh, yeah. close. That's still way too close. And the problem seems to be that like they know this is the number. They know it's here, but I don't know what I don't know what they're waiting on. Like that's kind of the tough part is what is this negotiation going right now? Because there's no situation right now that's gonna necessarily change where that number sits unless somebody gets moved out. And I don't think that's happening. I think it's too late for that. Well, this is proposed on the van cast. Um, Drance was basically like, there's only three um, free agents really remaining. And two of them are represented by the same guy. So if you're uh, Paperson or whoever it is that represents Hughes and Patterson, you're basically just waiting for Brady Kachuk to sign with senators. And then you're just like, Okay, let's get it done. Yeah, you're then you're you're the one with all the cards. Canucks are screwed. They have no way, like they I have mean, no leverage in the situation. What's weird is they're screwed already. Like I don't see how Kachuk is actually going to make. I don't really see well, how Kachuk makes we, that negotiation easier for the, them. The logic, because like well, for the Kachuk for the for Patterson and Hughes, yeah, Kachuk, Kachuk isn't necessarily a comparable to Patterson. Like their deals won't be comparable at all. No, but the fact that they'll be the final two remaining RFAs that need to be resigned, like whatever deal Kachuk gets signed is still going to be used as like a comparable, even if, but as players, they are not even remotely close to being comparable, but no, they're very different hockey players. Yeah, exactly. So it's just about like the actual money that gets signed and saying, well, if Brady Kachuk gets three by seven and a half, our guy wants three by eight. Yeah, three by and, nine. Like, and, you know what I mean? That's I what's going to happen. What sucks is again, they're worth that money like tenfold, and you wish oh, yeah. they could just again <laughs> if they you wish they had just prioritized where that money went first. Yeah, and dealt with it sooner. Like again, like I think I like I remember talking about. Oh my god, this seems like centuries ago. I remember one of my very my old hot takes was that I think when Pedersen's was that I thought that when Pedersen's RFA came up, he was going to get paid more than Connor McDavid. Not because he's better, but because a the cap was going to go up, and, and because yeah. he would be able to argue that he is worth just as much to the Canucks right. as Connor McDavid is to the Oilers. Yeah, arguably more because Drysaddle is there for Edmonton, and mm-hmm. the time like Besser is very very good, but yeah. maybe not like that. Maybe not say Leon Drysaddle, and that's not a knock at Besser. He's still incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he might be able to be like I can make more than. Might be the highest paid player in the league yeah. when he signed that contract, and frankly, they could they they could have paid him that money, and he would have been worth it, and he would have been worth it. The problem is they did not prioritize their money well. Nope. They could have him both of these guys had they done their their uh, had they structured their cap 
better. They just prioritize things a bit differently during the middle of last season. They could have got both of these guys easily locked up for eight years. They instead chose to allocate that money to uh, bringing in to uh, bringing in Tucker Pullman to Mm -hmm. uh, signing Tyler Myers the year before or two years before (laughs) to trading for Oliver Ekman Larson this year. They did a lot of things that, frankly, really like completely just like got rid of their own range like it's just such a mess and yeah it sucks that we're here it sucks that we're here at this point you hope that by the time they get to like serious games and like like even like the late preseason god you hope they're signed by that point it doesn't come down to it but it's not looking good good. um we ended our last episode by saying or asking each other do we think they're going to be re-signed by the time we record our next episode so i'm going to ask you again before we get into our final segment of the episode um i'm going to ask you do you think they're going to be signed by the time we record our next episode? <laughs> well, our next episode is Monday. So okay, so no. let's go with let's do the linear thing. So next Friday, well, so, do you okay, think a week. We'll either a week. will be signed. Okay, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. I don't think I. The weird, especially if you're like you said, if they're waiting on Brady Kachuk to get signed, mm-hmm. which is frankly even weirder. It might be even weirder than the Hughes Pedersen thing because. Unlike the Canucks, the Senators actually have the money to pay Brady Kachuk whatever he wants. Plenty of money to they sign. Have, they're whatever. below the cap floor right now. They sure are. They're, they they could very easily make. They could have made this very easy on themselves. I don't know why it's. I, well, actually, sorry. I know exactly why <laughs> it's gone. To, yeah. To um, I know exactly why they haven't signed him yet, which is ridiculous, and it's ridiculous because they have plenty of cap space available to them. I'm gonna say in the Canucks case, though. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I don't think they get because I mean at this point they're getting signed together, right? Like I feel like that's a guarantee. We're not gonna see Pedersen sign today and then wait another like week before Hughes does or yeah. vice versa. They're very much it's gonna be a package when they both get signed together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say that nope, they are not signed by this week. I think it will be at least uh, a, I will. I think it's gonna at least bleed into um, the first week of October. Yeah, that's uh, kind of where I'm at at this point. They're waiting on Kachuk to get signed so they can control all the leverage. Clearly, based on everything that Rick or, um, Rick Dollywell's reporting, they're not even close with their uh, deals. Yeah, there was the whole thing of like you know the betting said they were very close, and then immediately uh, Darren Dreger came out with a uh, with uh, info from uh, CAA saying, "Nope, we're not close." Oops. Yeah. Oh, it's a yeah. We're. I'm stressed. I'm a little stressed about that, but I'm just happy hockey's back. Do you want to yeah. get into questions? Let's get into the questions and wrap this episode up. Um, yes. We're gonna we we're gonna call this section the uh, the uh, talking with Andy que- or, uh, segment because uh, our good buddy over at Cap Space Wins Cup and Cap sorry Cap Space Wins Cups Andrew uh, sent us some questions. He sent us a lot of questions, y'all. The rest of you guys, uh, please send it. Y'all are slacking. Yeah, Andy is pulling. In his share of the way here. Um, so okay, let's. Uh, do you want to get in? Okay, I, I got him open. All, All right, right, let's go. First one: Would you rather have a pet rat or a pet snake? I would say easily a pet rat. I don't like snakes. I find snakes very. Um, um, I just Gross. they're fucking creepy. I think they're yeah, they're creepy. I've yeah. never <laughs> been a snake. I've had. I have three rules on pets in my life where I'm like, there are three kinds of pets I won't get. Uh, snakes. Um, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's snakes. It's, um, what is the other one? Oh, I don't like moths either. I don't like moths. Oh, spiders. No pet spiders. 
Uh, I think that's weird. And cats. I hate cats. Cats don't like me. What? Cats do not like me. They don't like me. So okay, we're gonna have problems on this podcast. You know what? Like, okay, I like other people's cats. I'm fine with other <laughs> people's cats. Just not uh, yours. I just no, 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 giving me cats. Cats of uh, cats, uh, cats, and I have a very uh, have a have a bad history with each other. We tolerate each other, Fair. but we don't we don't uh, get along. You okay. Know? Um, what about you? Uh, I choose neither because I don't want to be known as a rat person That's, or a snake guy. Rats are. You know what? One rat's fine. One rat is fine. Like, I don't, I'm not a big, like, um, any sort of, like, animal that needs to be in, like, a cage and, like, the, 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 like, in the, um, uh, what, I don't know what it's called, like, the, um, those kinds of, like, little, like, uh, pens or, like, those little, like, cages or whatever with, like, the, the wood chips down and everything. I'm not big on those because they always end up, like, have, like, smelling really bad and your house ends up, like, smelling a lot like that animal, whether it's, like, a hamster or a rabbit or something. <laughs> so, I don't know if I, I personally wouldn't get either, but like if I had to choose, I would go with rat just because I don't like snakes. That's a good call. Um, second question from Mr. Andrew. Harder sport to learn, cricket or NFL? I could not tell you what the hell the rules are in cricket, so that's my pick. It's got, it's, yeah, it's got to be cricket because you know what? In NFL, it's like a circular field. <laughs> there's a at the very least and that now this might just be because you know in north america cricket isn't exactly a popular isn't extremely popular by any stretch you know it's much more popular over overseas um i don't know exactly like the the general like the, I, I understand the basics like the somewhat of the small aspects of cricket but i feel like the nfl would be a little bit like if you're brand new but you have to play in that like the ultimate league of that thing there's a little bit more user intuitiveness to the nfl where it's like where they can like where an nfl team could potentially go okay here you're just going to run and we're going to throw you the ball like they could very easily just do that they could do that for you whereas with with cricket i think i am from what i've seen the way that sports in the like is the dynamic that's for a much tougher to figure out on the fly. So I would have yeah. to say cricket. Uh, over under 69 and a half points for Horvat this season. Nice. Uh, what did he get I'd, last year? What did he get? I think he had a run. He was, he had a, he had a pretty good decent good. season. I would, I like I said, I think I said before, I think he's going to be a 70 point player purely because he's on uh team Canada radar. So I'm going to take the over and be Mr. Positive. Um, over over six over sixty nine points. I yeah. You know what? I yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you there. I think you. I think you might be onto something. He had fifty three points in sixty nine games. Yeah, that's uh, a, the the, the pandemic caused year. He had thirty. He had forty and fifty six last year. Yeah, which I think was better. Like I think that's a better points per game. Yeah. I think he. Yeah, I think. I think the fact that he's getting more stable stable uh, uh, line mates. I think the fact that those line mates are not only stable but also better getting improving like he's probably going to get a lot of ice time with connor garland this year jt miller yeah colson it would be shocking if he didn't hit like 60 points basically he will i think he will i think barring injury unforeseen injury, he will crack 60 points uh i think and i'll go you know what i'm gonna agree with you i'm gonna say over on i think over on that 69 and a half i think he's gonna crack 70 um if you were given a 10-year contract to be the GM, who would you rather work for, Seattle or Buffalo? Um, so basically, do you want to work for an expansion team or a teardown? Yeah, I'm going Seattle all the way. I uh, can get to talk to Jerry Bruckheimer about some of the dog shit movies he's made. I am not working for the Pagulas. Hell, fucking no. Uh, yeah, I, I, if if we were if we we're talking purely based on the team 
like the the actual like what the what the like um the what like the, the overall uh, like goals future outlook or whatever yeah, is. The, the, like the the overall like what the plan and the blueprint is wouldn't entail i think i would be more interested in in the buffalo in buffalo just based on the you have a lot of draft picks you have a lot of opportunities to draft really good prospects but since we also have to include the other parts, like you mentioned, ownership and all those other things, mm. yeah, I got to go with Seattle. I mean, we didn't even have time in this particular show to get into the whole thing with how Jack Eichel got stripped of the captaincy this week. He sure did. Uh, because the Sabres are a constant mess. Yeah, I'm not um, I'm not touching that franchise with a 10-foot pole. God, no, no. If the Buffalo, if you gave me the Buffalo Sabres situation, but relabeled them as like the Columbus Blue Jackets or the like, or <laughs> Oh, I would not else. I would never work for Columbus. Columbus sounds fun. I oh, like no. Columbus. They're I'd terrible. Be, they suck. They're, they're they never have, good. They're perenni- perennially just a team. They were they had a they beat the Lightning that one year. That was cool. That oh, was great. fun. So in a 15-year existence as a franchise, the best they've got is we beat that one good team. Once. They've had a tough run, but like I, I'm just <laughs> saying, more in the under in the sense of like if you if you label the Sabers as somebody else, like I would I'd be more interested sure. in that particular uh built roster build rather than Seattle. Um, yeah, Seattle. You gotta go with the you gotta go with the Kraken. All right, I'm skipping this question because there's just no way I we haven't done any research, and I want to keep this episode. You, you're short. talking about the goalie one? No, the uh, the best and worst mascot in the NHL. Oh, I don't I can give know. you that right now. Best best mascot. I mean, well, the best is gritty. Best is gritty. Worst if you want to go is... for a best is not like best uh, besides gritty. I am well, I am a big Wild Wing guy. I really like the superhero mat. Like the, he's the Ducks mascot. You don't know what he looks like. I don't know anything about mascots. This Interesting. is, a, this is your entire answer. I, I can, okay, this is me I then. do not I, care about mascots. I've met a lot of the mascots at All-Star Games. <laughs> Good friends. I find them, I, I I argue that mascot, NHL mascots are better than Disney characters at the park, the theme parks, don't you? <laughs> um, they're, I, besides Gritty, I like Wildling. Sure. Blades Bl- the Bruin is very short. It's a short game. That's okay. surprised me when I met, when I met Blades the well, Bruin. Maybe it's Brad Marchand. It might be game. Brad Marchand. It really might be. Uh, worst mascot. I noticed apparently there was a thing recently where Finn got voted the worst, which is just garbage. That's garbage. He's a good mascot. I know some people don't. Huh. I don't know why some people don't like him. He's great. Finn's, I, Finn's incredible. Okay, this, okay, here's, Finn. here's the only thing I know about mascots, and this will wrap up this question. Do you know who's the worst mascot? Is the Nashville Preds. You don't like Nash? You know why? Why? Because the fucking costume looks like a furry outfit. All mascot costumes kind of weird. Nash looks like a furry outfit that was retrofitted to be a, a mascot dude. It, yeah. If you Google like uh oh yeah, it's I, oh, convention, I, I, Nash would so fit you know in. Who Nash is. You know what Nash looks like? Yeah. He looks like a furry outfit. Yeah. I would say the worst one in actuality is probably um um uh it's the it's the Detroit one, it's Al the Octopus, specifically because it's not actually a mascot, it's just <laughs> a thing that sits on the rafters. It's literally just a big huge like like it's a, literally just a big octopus thing like basically like a balloon or something that sits in the rafters i don't oh, think yeah. they even have it anymore i think it's gone i think when they moved out of joe lewis they got Good. rid of it or they, they, they just recognize how shit it was they were like they also just haven't made the playoffs in that time so maybe it's sitting yes. in storage waiting to be pulled out yeah. but like remember this yeah it's not a real mascot get a real mascot um, mascot Detroit. You, you you get in there. You can very easily get an octopus mascot. An eight-armed mascot's pretty. Oh, dope. Seattle doesn't have a mascot yet. That's gonna be interesting. It'll be Jack Sparrow. It'll be just Johnny Depp showing up he is, every game. He does need a character. new role. 
Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's he's a, looking for stuff, work. He, um, last question from uh, the Andrew segment. Who's the better goalie prospect, Arter Silovs or Aku Koskenvo? First of all, I think you mean Arter Silvos. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I spelled the name they, wrong again. I don't... Second time in... Now, months. maybe new person, because I would imagine, knowing me anyway, um, <laughs> I would have that built into like my autocorrect. So, but yeah, so it just person, automatically flips because yeah, so you're never gonna ever type Silvos. Well, yeah, like I have my I have dri- my drive, for example, like set so that when I spell Hoaglander's name, uh, it, it immediately adds the umlaut nice. over his over the O, and I've started doing that for other players as well. Right. Um, but yeah, so maybe it's just a new person, but it is a little weird that I spelled his name wrong twice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. bring that on the side, I, I admittedly am not a huge prospects guy, I'm trying to get better at it, it's just a lot, it's not necessarily my forte. I've heard still. I like what Stilovs brings, um, but I've heard a real. I've heard really good things. Yeah, I was gonna say you and I are basically Koskinen, going off Koskinen, of whatever. Right, I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yeah, we're basically going off of whatever David Quadrelli reports. Quads has said, or you know, like Ian Clark is obviously like, both of them are Ian Clark picks, so there are interests. So yeah. uh, I'm interested to see how this goes. I do want to. I do feel that. What's nice for the Canucks, at least right now, is it seems like they have a lot of very good goaltending, and they don't have they won't have to worry about. Uh, oh God, knock on, knock wood. on wood, dude! Knock, knock on, on wood. wood! Knock on wood! They won't have to worry about goaltending for a while. They seem to have a very good pipeline and development in that regard, and they have for a while. Yeah, like we've mentioned before on the show, especially because of how much time you spent covering Utica, that the Canucks, if there is one department they've actually done a very good job developing. Uh, it's the one it's the thing they've done. The good like every day, they, they graduate a goalie to the NHL almost every other year, almost yeah. every second year. Um, I think, right? I think, yeah, I think Costanovo has the higher ceiling, has the higher potential ceiling. So I guess I would say right now he's probably sure. the the better one. But I would not be, but I would not be surprised if uh, Solovs comes out and uh, has and maybe makes some noise in the next few years. I would, love, especially. Once he gets a full proper AHL season under his belt, I want yeah. to see what he can do there first. Yeah, uh, it, it's an either or thing. One's younger, one is about to hit NA or North American pro play a bit sooner, so it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Either or, and all goalies are bad except for Lachlan Irvin, who used to play NCAA or <laughs> ACHA. We're right ACHA. below. NCAA. It's it's pretty much the same thing. Sure. Um, Otherwise, make sure you guys sent your questions to us. Uh, we love answering them, especially when they ask us about creepy pets that no one in their right mind should ever have. I am Cody Sievertson. You can follow me at Cody Sievertson on Twitter or my website, ahlnuxharvest.com. I think I have an Instagram for my thing, ahlnuxharvest on Instagram. Yeah. Don't really post much on it. It's mostly just ads for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Lachlan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lock in the Crease. You can also find me on the Locked On Canucks podcast, which we I do Monday to Friday. And make sure you go check out the shirts, uh, the shirts in the store that we mentioned earlier. Uh, all pro- again, all proceeds going to Canucks for Kids. Uh, get a shirt. Go have some fun with that. Um, one thing we're gonna, one thing we also want to let you know is uh, next week is when we start doing two episodes a week, which is because we're getting into games. We're getting into games. We're gonna start bringing on some people. We're gonna have some fun. Um, we're also getting in some new equipment, which is going to be fun as well. Um, and yeah, so right now, just so you guys know, uh, the schedule, we're still hammering it out, but right now I'm, it's looking like it's going to be Monday, Thursday for the start of the year. We're going to start the the next, we're going to be at least the next few months with with Monday, Thursday kind of thing. At the Uh, very least, there'll be two a week and days will fluctuate based on what works the best. 
but you will be getting two episodes a week for uh, with us. And uh, I have a feeling what's going to happen is Thursday. It looks to be like the main day. And then that second one of the week is probably going to fluctuate on whatever dramatic news pops up. Cause I don't know about you, but I have a feeling this season's going to have a lot of spicy shit dropping. Really? And it's going to start with Patterson and Hughes getting signed. Like this game yeah. before the first game of the season. Yeah, but with with our luck, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna finish a show. You're gonna you're <laughs> gonna leave the studio. You're gonna go home, and then immediately Patterson. Well, if you're watching our YouTube video, you've probably been seeing me uh, looking at my phone because apparently our fire alarm's been going off uh, for the last oh, hour at my house. So I get to deal with that as I'm leaving. And uh, you can help him not deal with that by going to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/CreaseCast yes. for five a month we do bonus episodes from time to time uh like including our off the post show there's also some bonus content from time to time we're going to be working a little bit very soon we're going to be working a lot more on some like video and audio content so that's going to be coming out for you guys as well um yeah and make sure uh obviously to subscribe on the platforms including youtube we do every single podcast on video and that's pretty cool yes sir uh thank you guys for tuning in we'll catch you on the, the flippity flip bye bye